Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. It's never been harder to find and engage candidates. So how can your employer brand stand out while keeping your budget in check? When it comes to your recruitment sourcing strategy and finding the right candidates, there are several factors to consider. Hi, this is Bill Bannon. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show and helping me today to get to the heart of how to mix AI with other approaches to candidate sourcing is the awesome Terry Baker, CEO and president over at Pandologic, the AI-enabled recruiting platform. Terry, welcome to the show today. Well, hi, Bill. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to address this topic. Me too, sir. Me too. But before we get into the topic, why don't we start at the top? Why don't you introduce yourself and maybe offer a, a brief overview of Pandologic? Sure. Well, Pandologic was the first programmatic job advertising provider in the market. We released a programmatic job ad unit way back in 2012. And at that time, all we did was we took a single pay-to-post job and we distributed that job with a fixed budget to reach candidates across the internet. But since then, programmatic job advertising has evolved quite a bit and it's revolutionized how employers are effectively spending their advertising budget to hire good candidates. So today that process looks very different. It's not just a single transactional job, but it's a platform that completely automates and optimizes the process for all of an employer's jobs on a real-time pay-for-performance basis through the use of AI. So we like to say that your AI is only as good as your data. So we have 10 years of job performance data that's built into our model which is why we're able to deliver better outcomes for employers, even in today's really challenging, difficult market. 10 years worth of data, my goodness me. I wonder how many candidates and companies that that, that equates to, lots and lots, I'm sure. Um, Okay, so the great resignation is not a term unfamiliar to our audience by now, of course, Um, and it's it's projected to be with us for for a long time. It it ain't going anywhere, this great resignation, this, this, this shift we're seeing in the way that folks want to be hired or want to work. What have, what have employers, Terry, learned from this experience so far that's helping them prepare for, for what's next this year and perhaps beyond? Yeah, it is a huge shift that I agree with you. It's going to be around for a while. It's fundamentally changed the labor market, but we refer to it as the great opportunity because if you use the right tools, you can have a first advantage mover in this difficult market. So I think one of the lessons first and foremost that employers have learned is that candidates, they now have the power. And I don't know how far back you go in this market, Bill, but I remember the days of the great war for talent. Do you remember that? It was the turn of the century way back in the year 2000. Well, I I do. I I do. But I'm I'm a very young man, of course, Terry, but I do remember it. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a long time ago, but that's when I got started in the market. And I can tell you today, The problem is much worse than it was back then in terms of difficulty and due to so many different factors as a result of the pandemic. However, the good news and why we refer to this as the great opportunity is that now we have far better tools to solve the problem today. You know, we know the power of high quality candidates and effective employees is what propels businesses forward. So Today, you need better attraction capabilities and you need better employment engagement tools. 
Fundamental to that is offering higher compensation and better benefits as a way to attract candidates. That's a must. <clears throat> You've probably seen research from Gartner and others that's shown year-to-date salary increases in the U.S. have been more than 4% compared with a norm of 2%. And that 4%, it's not keeping pace with inflation. So it's actually a salary reduction. So you've got to keep pace with market dynamics and you got to put the needs and wants of your candidates and employees at the front of work. And we do that. We take the time to listen to those wants and needs. And Pandalogic, for example, was just recently certified as a great place to work. We achieved an 80% satisfaction rating from employees. And this didn't come you know, overnight. It came as a result of investing in our culture and communication with employees, but also stepping up in terms of compensation and benefits to impact retention. We're going to get more into the details as we go through, Terry. Um, but just kind of at a, at a high level for now, how, based on what you've said so far, how then do you see technology fitting into this narrative? What, what, what's that role of AI uh, going to play in, in continuing to, to help drive outcomes? You know, how, how is AI, in your opinion, going to continue to evolve over the next decade to, to really be, a, be at the center of this? Yeah, that, that's a broad question, but AI is fundamental and it's strategic. And we, we use the mantra uh, AI for good. We know that you know, AI has not always been appropriately implemented in the human capital market and introduced bias. There are some negative implications. So our focus has been to improve lives through the use of AI, predominantly for recruiters. So what we wanna do through the use of AI is connect people to dignity of work, which we believe will power the workforce of the future. We do this now through something called conversational AI. Um, that is the ability to automate contextual conversations that not only can qualify a candidate for a specific job type, but more importantly, even motivate a candidate to just complete the application process, which in today's world, uh, conversion rates have been dri driven down uh, because of the poor engagement and application process that most companies put forward. So we're through conversational AI, we can excite the candidate about the opportunity and create a great application experience. The other thing about AI is um, it uh, provides automation and it eliminates the manual difficult part of a recruiter's jobs that you know, can waste their time and through the use of AI can enable them to spend more of their time on more strategic functions, getting back to the work of what they were hired for in HR. So having to man, uh, manually, you know, manage distribution of jobs to job boards, trying to implement rules for campaign management, it's just not a good use of recruiters time. In addition, we have found that machines can just do a much better job on optimization of outcomes than humans can when it comes to finding sourcing and engaging qualified candidates. And then I think finally, the, the most compelling part of our AI capabilities is our prediction cognitive engine, we refer to that, which in today's dynamic and challenging market has still a 90% accuracy rate. So what does that mean? It means we can take an employer's jobs and even prior to ever running a job advertising campaign, we can predict the outcome of that campaign in terms of both recommended and optimal budget and costs for each of their job types, and also predict the volume and quality of candidates. So that becomes immensely beneficial for employers' workforce planning, even in today's really challenging market. Okay, 
Okay, it all sounds great, Terry, but you did start that answer by saying, yeah, we, we're aware that there have been issues with AI in the past and there have been issues around, for example, um, biases. So let, let's talk a little bit about that. You know, let's, let's have a balanced conversation here. What, what, what are those risks with fully automated AI-driven processes, Terry? And can great candidates perhaps be missed in a process where humans are completely removed from the early stage screening processes? Or maybe can, can checks be put into place? You know, that's a big issue in today's market because it's absolutely happening. Uh, in the past, you know, companies used to use credentials and certifications as the primary criteria. And in today's market, those are not as important. So you have to have a little bit more dynamic and nuanced approach. We think that talent acquisition in today's market needs a first mover advantage. And in what delivers first mover advantage is better technology to drive outcomes. So the part of the way that we do this is through speed and efficiency of the application process. I don't know if you saw the uh, recent announcement Home Depot just announced this week that it is committed to cut the time to make a hiring decision from five days to one. Now, that's a big advantage. Most companies think about, you know, my hiring cycle is 40 to 50 days on average. Going from five to one is dramatic. That's an example of a first mover advantage. So we've driven the time to hire for some of our high volume hourly clients to, to minutes, not hours, and not, certainly not days. And the only way you can get that first mover advantage and to make that kind of a dramatic difference in your process can only happen through automation and use of AI. But more specifically to your point, yes, great candidates can be missed. Different job types require different approaches. So some jobs, credentials, certification driven, some are more nuanced. And this is where we think conversational AI comes into play because you know conversation is not simply a if then else response to fixed and fiat data that a, that a company has, but rather it's contextual and it's specific to the company culture, DE&I, as well as specific job requirements. Take, take the, the, um, the example of a travel nurse. You know, a travel nurse has lots more questions about benefits and support than a nurse in a fixed facility or location. So getting past the simple nursing certification as a requirement in terms of did we find a good candidate and actually addressing the nuances of, of a travel position can, can make a huge difference, not just in terms of motivating that, that applicant to complete a process, but actually getting that good hire. I was I was reading, and you will appreciate this, but I was reading an article by Josh Bernson recently who, who made an exceptional point about technology and its ever-changing existence. He said that talent intelligence systems are getting incredibly good at matching, predicting, and selecting people. And that is true. That leads us to make sure quality is defined throughout the AI process. So how does Pando IQ, Pando IQ is our, our uh, AI-enabled job advertising platform. How do we ensure it doesn't miss great candidates? First, we, we spread the widest net possible. We are targeting all kinds of sites uh, across the internet. And we also saturate specific geographic and job types. So for example, a lot of programmatic vendors or ad agencies, they'll limit their spread and exposure to just pay for performance sources or CPA specific buys or, or, or CPC specific buys, 
We don't limit our distribution to any of that criteria. For example, we use sites like Craigslist, which is still a old school pay to post model, right? Um, and you have to, if you're gonna pay for that, you know, $99 job posting on Craigslist, you gotta know whether it's gonna perform. And that's where AI comes in for a certain job type, for a certain market, certain location, Craigslist might be a great place. Um, it may not for lots of other different kinds of jobs. We use sites like Handshake, which is a um, college um, re recruiting platform. And, and so they're not typically a, you know, a job board that's easily targeted and you have to do things uniquely to reach their audience. So we target the right site, the right time to get the best applicant. And we think we have the best coverage so that you're not going to miss any of those great, great candidates. That was a long answer, but I hope that helped. Well, it was, it was a thorough answer, Terry, because it was, a, <laughs> it, it, was uh, it was potentially a tricky question. So uh, you, you, you went through that thoroughly and well, sir. Congratulations. Now, that one of the one of the biggest challenges facing recruiters at the moment is is frankly the sheer numbers of online boards that exist. I mean, you talked a minute ago about using Craigslist. I like a bit of Craigslist, by the way. Uh, can you maybe share some stats around those job boards? You know, the number of boards, collective reach, engagement rates, etc. Sure, sure. Well, globally, there's more than fifty thousand online job boards. Just wow. job boards, let alone community sites and the advent of community sites has even broadened that category handshake is a good example it's more about college community than it is about you know getting a job so i think the point here with all of these different job boards each has you know a variety of different types of audiences engagement rates different types of products that they provide for advertising and just a massive amount of other analytics that can come into play as to whether or not that site should be configured and utilized as part of your job advertising program for a specific job type. So what that means is that to do that manually is almost impossible and certainly not practical. And so we've got to stop wasting HR's time on administrative tasks, like trying to figure out which platform or job board is best to post on and when. And with our platform and automation, we can get folks back to where you know, they, the reason they, they got into HR to start, to focus on the human aspect of HR and spend time talking to and getting to know quality candidates, which has more of a, a benefit to success for the TA team, for the organization and as a whole. And actually, it also helps in terms of engagement with employees to get them hired on. Does that help answer that question? I, I think it's 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 something that we provide transparency with on our platform. So at the end of the day, a recruiter can log in and they can see what the bid was, what the result was, conversion rate for every job board that's part of our platform that we utilized to source talent from. And that gives a level of confidence to recruiters that they don't have to worry about trying to make and figure out those decisions. The system just does it for you. Okay, okay, thank you. But um, before one, Terry, can, can even get to the candidate sourcing stage, of course, it, it's kind of important to tackle it, a, a task which is perfecting that job listing and, and the requirements listed in, in the different job boards. What tips can you share there? Well, the job description is, of course, important because that's where job advertising starts. But you can't rely solely on the job description. In fact, most job descriptions are written for compliance, so they make for really bad job adverts. And then with the cataclysmic changes that we've seen with labor dynamics during this pandemic, 
we need to rely on what we call augmented data beyond what we could extract from a job posting to help drive results. So for example, you know, understanding the labor demographics and in particular, those demographics in specific geographic markets in, in the pandemic world, the, the new nature of remote work, for example, makes that additional aug augmented data really important. If you have a travel nurse, going back to that analogy, um, travel nurses can go to and from anywhere. So where should you spend your money to reach travel nurses and what market should you be saturating? The labor, the job posting isn't going to help you with any of that data. It's just going to qualify what the criteria is. But actually finding that person is where the really important data is to, to target the right audience with the right message. And of course, none of that's in the job listing. But um, where do, so where do people, what do they need in order to perfect the job listing? I think ultimately what they need is a complete feedback loop of performance data that identifies a great hire and then is able to track that hire back through the candidate targeting process. That is, where did that candidate come from and what was the criteria we used for that good candidate? Once you've collected that data at that point, you can optimize the job description to better support the types of good quality hires that you're looking for. And this, of course, is what you know a talent acquisition platform can do if it has deep integration with the employer's other primary platforms of use, whether it's the ATS or the CRM or, or whatever talent management system they might have uh, in use. So collecting that data and then informing that back to what the job descriptions should say in order to attract the right talent is the key. Okay, this is why I like doing this pod because I learn as I go along. Um, okay, so um, being specific, Terry, is, is good for candidate sourcing, but sometimes an overly specific list of requirements can maybe be just as dissuading to a candidate as a, as a job listing that's stuffed with vague terms. Can you, in your experience, can you share what the correct middle ground approach could be? Yeah, I don't know if there's a middle ground, but you certainly need a broad model to start with and not a narrow one. And for that reason, we, we use a data model. Uh, we talked about 10 years worth of job performance data. We, um, we have natural language processing that will take a job description and extract the data from that. So things like you know, salary requirements, educational requirements, work experience, certification, all of that gets extracted and it becomes part of the data model, which then goes through a machine learning process, which is dynamic and constantly changing. And it's that data model that machine learning uses to target and then to allocate budgets for, for driving the best results. So it's really about a, a collecting the right kind of data. And uh, a, a typical campaign on Pando IQ will literally use a trillion data points for an average campaign over the course of uh, that campaign in order to deliver good results. So that basic data model that first is derived from the job description becomes augmented and utilized to, to drive great results. Terry, I can't believe this. We're almost at the end of our conversation already. Uh, I've got two more questions for you before we do wrap up, though. So knowing the value that data provides, Terry, how can we how can we measure success in the best ways going forward? Well, when you talk to employers, <clears throat> the holy grail for them is success is a quality hire. The problem is how do you define and measure quality? So hiring managers, they may have a different criteria than a recruiter. And what does the data look like to determine quality? 
you know, when will you know if a person's a quality hire? Is it their first performance review? So it's the definition of quality. The question is, is that biased in any way? And how do you eliminate bias in terms of quality definition? So we think that quality of a candidate can't simply be determined at the top of the marketing funnel where you know, typically job advertising operates. Metrics need to be tracked throughout the hiring and talent management life cycle. And you need to be able to connect the dots through that process and workflow so that you can optimize your unique process across the board. And of course, every company, they're going to have a different criteria as to what quality is. So a black box or kind of standard approach from a vendor for each company is simply not going to work. What we do is we ensure metrics uh, such as adhering to diversity and inclusion standard, but also combined with meritocracy certification requirements. All of those can be managed through an AI driven process. And this is where we believe the value of AI comes in. And it's, it's still being defined and developed and integrated. But let me give you one example of how we define a quality hire. We use conversational AI as part of the candidate engagement process. What that does is it enables you to collect a lot more info on a candidate than simply an easy apply process or even a long form application process. Because of the type of contextual engagement, it's a real conversation. The, the candidate, they can drive the process. So there's mutual exchange of info. And all of that info that gets exchanged in terms of what's important to a candidate, as well as whether the candidate is meeting the criteria of what's important for the employer, all of that's captured, it's scored, it's ranked, it's delivered to the recruiter and the hiring manager. So then they can form an accurate opinion of quality and everyone's gonna have a different measure of quality. From there, that data can be used then throughout the talent management process. You've got a standard, you've got a benchmark and you can build upon it. So any enabled AI-enabled platform can, should be able to connect the dots and enrich those decisions down the line by providing better analytics and decisioning beyond just talent acquisition. And that's the quest we're on, to, to evolve AI for good throughout the entire human capital workflow. Okay. And just finally, if people want to learn more about Panda Logic and all the, all the cool things that you guys are doing over there, how can they do that? And also, Terry, how can they, how can they connect with you? Maybe that's through LinkedIn. Maybe you're really cool sure. on TikTok. Maybe you want to share your email address. Yeah, I'm not going to share my TikTok, but that's okay. <laughs> people, people can go to pandalogic.com. They can request a call. They can request a predictive performance report, um, and we'll deliver that for them. Or you can just hit me up on LinkedIn. It's I'm at Terry Baker at pandalogic.com, and I would welcome the conversation. Excellent. Uh, spoiler alert, listeners. He's not the only Terry Baker. Um, I I, uh, I almost uh, tried to connect with uh, the different Terry Baker. So another Terry Baker out there. You, you got lucky. Yeah, search, search for Terry at pandalogic.com, right? There we go. There we go. Um, there's another Bill Bannon, by the way. He's the former EVP of Virgin Records or something. Uh, he and I compete on on the SEO, you know, for the Google searches, I guess. Um, anyway, that's a that's a that's a conversation for another time. This just leaves me to say, though, for today, Terry, thank you so much for being my guest on this episode of the HR. Thank you. I, I enjoyed it. I appreciate the thoughtful questions. Me too. Me too. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.